to the Deep Focus Podcast. However you go, I'm your host, Mitch Goldman, and what we do with Deep Focus, we have a guest in the studio, and the guest chooses a topic of our examination, and I'm so happy, so happy to welcome back to the studio, Danny Sedanik. Yeah, man. Hey, Mitch, what's going on? Oh, it's a good day. It's a good day. So we've been having this conversation for several years now, <laughs> and you've been here before, and uh, you chose a, a topic that uh, musician's work is very beloved to me. Who are we going to be listening to? We're going to be listening to and uh, deep, doing a deep focus on amazing drummer, composer, percussionist, leader, Andrew Cyril. And um, you, 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 you're a percussionist, and uh, you have a big scope and vocabulary of music that you've been part of. And what brought Andrew Sorrell to the to the front of your mind? Well, when I was at uh, NYU back in the day, the the heyday of just like free, you know. You will use the term loosely free jazz or whatever. And I was still playing drum set. I wasn't playing percussion yet. Um, so I didn't pick up percussion until like my sophomore year at college. So I was playing drums. And you know me, I've, I'm an art ensemble of Chicago freak, as you are. And um, and just the Cecil Taylor and just, you know, all, you know, Oliver Lake and Julius Hemfield and the World Saxophone Quartet. I mean, I was so immersed in that, in that, you know, in that scene. And you were and, at NYU, you were, it was like all around. Those guys would be playing regularly at some venue that was like a walking distance from my classrooms. And we're know? talking what period of time? Roughly? My freshman year was 79. So, I mean, even Washington Square Park was just like, it was a circus. There'd be a jazz trio over there. There'd be some congueros over there. There'd be some people playing folk music over there. There'd be a guy breathing fire over there. There'd be Charlie Barnett doing his comedy routine (laughs) before he got famous, you know. Yeah. It was just, you know, it was... I remember that fire guy, too. Yeah, yeah. It was was the greatest. I feel so lucky to have been, you know, around that time. And uh, Andrew Sorrell was... Part of that scene, and yeah, and the funny thing is, I knew of Andrew Cyril's name before that. I was in high school, and we were playing funk, you know, and we were into jazz, but we were, you know, playing a lot of funk and you know, soul and music and stuff like that. And there was this great drummer and a friend of mine. He he's passed on now. Um, his name was Ronnie Sharrick, and Ronnie was like, you know, really into Return to Forever and Weather Report, but amazingly. He was studying with Andrew Cyril. He was still in high school studying with Andrew Cyril. And wow. he would always come back after his lesson the next day and tell us everything. Man, you got to check out this guy, Andrew Cyril. Andrew Cyril. And, you know, I was like, I was like, okay. And That's I didn't. funny. I remember that feeling like, and this is obviously, it's before the internet and all that. And the way I was, I've been thinking about this, the way that we absorbed information was really different than the way kids do now. And... That was a thing, you know, you hear about somebody, and, but you might not have access to their music or an easy way to hear it. It was a big deal to invest in a record to get somebody's music, but you're getting this vibe of what they're about. I know I know exactly that feeling. Yeah. So he was talking about Andrew, you know, and then I was like, man, I got to, you know, find this, check this cat out. And then 
you were you're a New Yorker, so you were around when WRVR was on the air, and on the weekdays, every night at midnight or eleven, I think eleven till midnight, they would play the new record, the newest yeah. record, and they played Tony Williams' "The Joy of Flying." Yeah. It's a very eclectic record. You know, it's mostly, you know, it's rock and funk. But the very last tune is called Morgan's Motion with him and Cecil doing a duet. And I had never heard the name Cecil Taylor. And so I'm listening to it with my headphones on, you know, in my bedroom. You know, it's going, right. getting close to midnight. And I'm like, holy cow, this <laughs> is, I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it. I'm like, oh my God. So that set me on the course for Cecil, which put me on the path to Oh, Andrew Surreal's on this record. That's uh, what Ronnie was talking about. Yeah. Okay, so then it was all starting to come together. And by the time I got to NYU and I was into Ornette Coleman science fiction and, you know, just, and then I, I looked Andrew up and he was teaching right on the same block as the Fame School. Wow. Performing arts, yeah. 46th Street. And I, I, uh, I hooked up with him and it was, it was fantastic. Wow. So you were, you were absorbing from him was it uh, you're learning drumming? Sounds like maybe you're getting some more things from him as well. Yeah. I mean, he just influenced me, you know, the way, you know, someone should lead their life, you know, doing the right thing, being respectful, being humble, but taking your music seriously. And the thing about Andrew, you know, a lot of people associate him with, you know, playing, you know, outside the box, you know, with Cecil. But when I studied him, it was all about swinging. He's like, he's like, you don't know how to swing. He's <laughs> like, we got to get you there, you know. And uh, we studied on um, Philly Joe Jones's drum set. Whoa. And he offered to sell it to me at one point, <laughs> oh, but I was man. in college. I didn't have the money. I should have bought it. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. But uh, um, Wow. But see, because Andrew... But Philly Joe was still around at that time. Yeah, but see, Andrew... Um, was a disciple of Philly Joe. I think even when Miles did one of the recordings, it could be Milestones, it, I, you know, um, I think Andrew was there in the studio that day. He was he was a disciple of, of Philly Joe Jones. Wow. So I'm picturing like an old school Gretsch kind of set. I... Exactly. It was a Gretsch red, dark red wood, you know, set and... Uh, I think Andrew was, he was selling it for some reason. He was going to move and he wanted to, you know, so I was like, hey, so you want to buy it? I, was like, <laughs> I, said, I can't. <laughs> but I should have. It was a great sound. You know, what I'm saying? Yeah. you know, and it just got me into the whole thing about like how to, you know, you know, when you're playing funk or soul, the, the bass drum is dead, you know, but you know, with those, those guys, you know, the, the, when you hit the bass drum it rang, you know, it was yeah. beautiful. It was just like this beautiful sound and, and so he he taught me everything about playing straight ahead, you know, in the right way. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, we plunged into the WKCR archives and we came up with some mighty, mighty gems. And uh, you have made a very inspiring selection for us. You want to walk us through this and uh, we'll jump in? Well, we are going to start with some early early music uh, back in 69. Uh, we're doing the Berliner, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, this was done in November 6, 1969 at uh, Philharmonic uh, Berlin Hall in Germany. And this was November 6th, and we've got uh, what I call, I don't know, you know, th there's so many groups that you could say was the classic quartet or, you know, this and that, but, but to me, Cecil... Andrew and Jimmy Lyons, that was like, you know, that trio was, you know, they had ESP. But what's also wonderful about this is the inclusion of Sam Rivers. Yes. So it's just. It's, it's yeah, it, it's, uh, there's a lot going on in this music. Um, I'm sure there are some people who are dedicated Cecil Taylor fans and fans of this whole genre. And maybe there are some people hearing this for the first time. And even 50-some years later, it is bracing. <laughs> even if you've listened to this music a lot, it's bracing. It's, uh, I'm going to invite you to bring your energy level to where these musicians are at as much as you can. And um, let's, let's take it in, shall we? Let's take it oh, in. Oh, man. Okay. So, uh, yeah, 
Danny Sedanik just laid it all out for you. The show's called Deep Focus. Our focus is on the drummer here, who there's a really nice recording. You're going to hear his work right up front, and it's uh, essential to what this band is doing. And uh, we're, we're going in. I'm Mitch Goldman. It's WKCR.
hate to break the flow, but yes, we are focusing on the work of drummer Andrew Cyril and this performance that I'm willing to bet money you've never heard, Cecil Taylor in Berlin in 1969, November 1969, and the band that, uh, if you missed us announcing it, it's Cecil Taylor on piano, and Andrew Cyril's playing the drums, Jimmy Lyons on alto saxophone, Sam Rivers tenor, and you'll hear him on flute a little bit later in the program, and this, um, it's, it's, uh, they're just, they, they'd been on tour, right. and I don't know if this band ever did a show that wasn't at the absolute peak of, on every level, creatively, energy, everything else, but the flow is just uh, mighty here, and Danny, what are, what are you hearing? What's, what's going on in this band tonight? Well, if, um, for those who've been listening, I guess we've been playing about 15 to 20 minutes of it or so, something yeah. like that. And you have to realize how incredibly difficult it is to play at that, um, the amount of energy and tension that they're putting into the music. I mean, it's you literally have to be like a marathon runner to be able to play music at that at that level and to keep it going. It reminds me of uh, when I saw I saw Andrew for the very first time. I was uh, a freshman at NYU and. Uh, he had his band, the quartet. It was uh, Nicky DiGeronimo on bass, David S. Ware on tenor, and Ted Daniel on trumpet. And I remember they came out, and it was, unfortunately, it was only like six people in the audience. I took a date with me, and she loved it. Um, and then the very next night, I went to see the artist on Chicago. <laughs> but, but it was like those were the days when you could just see everybody. But they came out, and they started playing their instruments with balloons. What? I swear to God, Nikki was Nikki was uh, like a bow on his on his bass with a balloon. Andrew was hitting his drums with balloons. Uh, Ted Daniel was muting it, the you know his horn with the balloon. <laughs> and I think I don't think David was playing uh, using the balloons, but they all came out balloons. It was like it was incredible. And then they got into this like whole party thing. balloons, like yeah, regular. like like yeah, like <laughs> blowed up balloons, you know. And then then they got into the you know the uh, gymnastics of it you know, of the music. It was just like, it was just incredible. And the the recording that we just hear, heard now, I mean, these guys are, you know, and I remember, I remember critics would write about, you know, you know writers in, in the jazz, uh, you know, uh, downbeats and jazz times and modern drummer and all that. They would, the way they would talk about Andrew is, man, he came to work, you know, because he he came in a, he had a tank top on, ready to sweat, had a sweatband on his head, and he's no joke. He's come here. And I remember Andrew once said to me, and he actually said it in, in one of the uh, in one of the periodicals. He go one of the periodicals, I think it was Modern Drummer, he said, when I go to a, a gig, it has to be an event for me. If it's not an event, then why even show up? In other words, he put every single ounce of your life into this music and whether there is only six people in the audience as it was that night November 30th 1979 when I went to see that band they still came out and played like there was a thousand people in there you know and these guys were sweating you know that was a Friday that was a Friday exactly yeah yep and on Saturday I went to see the art ensemble at the public theater all four of these guys are to my mind cooking on that level and all four of these instruments demand a lot to play this way i mean cecil taylor's legendary for that um yeah and moving air through a metal column the way the saxophonists are also is hugely demanding but i kind of feel like the drummer it's an even an extra level it's non-stop and um what was I going to say? Um, I lost. I was going to say something. Well, let me. Yeah. Steer you in another direction along the lines that. Oh, I know what I want to say. Sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> no, if if people, if you know, back in the day, you could see these people live, and you know, there's nothing like it. But nowadays, you can still see them. If you go on YouTube, you'll see, and you type in Cecil Taylor with Sam Rivers, 
some really excellent quality videos will come up and you can see this band, the quartet, Andrew Cyril, Sam Rivers, Jimmy Lyons, and Cecil Taylor performing this music. And, you know, it's one thing to hear us say how incredibly, you know, difficult the stamina to keep it up during this music. But if you watch it, you'll get an even greater appreciation for it because not only is the audio amazing, but just watching these guys in, in motion is just you know, it's, it's, to me, it's life altering. Another category along those lines, and this is something I experience listening to this music, the mental stamina of, and the demand to be present, to be attentive. And maybe you can explain as a musician that, that experience. Hmm. You know, as a performer, there are certain times when you know you're playing with a band and maybe the other members of the band aren't as into the music as as you are and that can bring you down mentally and then which of course affects you physically you know but for me regardless of that I'll try to you know bring them in you know, I've heard many people come up to me after a show and say, "Man, you were you were driving a bus on that one." I've seen you do that. Well, say you were you 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 know you were definitely in control there and bringing other people. You know, and to me that's a great compliment. But, but to me, it's also like what Andrew said: if it's not an event, then why even show up? You know, people are coming to see you play. Music is my life; it's what I do. I don't know anything else. You know, um, so. God gave me this blessing of music and I'm going to, I don't care if even this is a wedding gig, you know, it's like, I've got to come bring it. You know, someone's paying me to do something. Not only is it a job, but it's also my life. So, you know, but to study with someone like Andrew Surreal, that's where you learn that stuff. You know, you learn it on the bandstand, of course, but when someone is actually telling it to you, someone who you respect, someone who's your mentor, someone who's, you know, a good 20 years older than you or whatever, you know, and not only do they speak in their music, but they also speak with their, you know, studying with him was just fantastic. Daniel Sedanik is my guest, percussionist. You've almost certainly seen and heard more times than you know. And uh, you should definitely check out what Daniel Sedanik is doing. But um, Andrew Cyril, he had his mentors too, right? Which he's spoken of. Yeah. He, um, uh, his mentor was Philly Joe Jones. And uh, he would talk, I think, I'm pretty sure if my recollection is correct, I think Andrew said that he was there at the at the Miles recording for Milestones, you know, Dr. Jackal and and uh, two bass hit, you know, that that recording. I yeah, think wow. the, you know, and um I think I think he I think that's the recording he was at. So he got to witness Philly Joe Joe, you know, at his prime. Oh know? yeah. So and uh he had a lot of prime. <laughs> he <laughs> <Yeah>. sure did. <laughs> And I and I don't I don't know if we mentioned this before, but when I would study with Andrew on Forty Sixth Street, the same block as the Performing Arts Building, Fame, the Fame movie, uh, we were studying on uh, Philly Joe's Kit. Yeah, that's amazing. He also I've heard Andrew Hill talk about um, encountering Max Roach also as a young musician. Well, it's funny that you bring that up because right here at Columbia University, I mean, it all ties together, you know, right here at Columbia University in the Miller Theater, um, 1979, I saw that concert of Cecil and Max Roach. I was there. You can buy that. That 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 recording is out there um, as a legitimate, you know, double album. And I happened to be there that night. So, for, you know, I'm sure Max was a huge influence on Andrew, even though Max played with Cecil later. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. Andrew played with him in the 60s, but Max didn't play with him until 79. Right. You know, so it's kind of interesting how it all comes from a circle. But yeah, I could I could definitely see that. Max Roach and, you know, being a mentor of Andrew. 
And he, uh, Andrew Cyril grew up in Brooklyn, I think. It's, uh, I should know this. Be, oh, I think it was Queens. I think, I, I, I know he went to, I'm pretty sure he went to college in Queens. He was a, yeah. he was a chemistry major. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And, uh, and then he just, you know, he found music. Music was his calling. Did he, I'm wondering if, well, he, he had a long, uh, touring and recording career with Cecil Taylor. I'm wondering if he shared any insights with you about that or experiences. Every now and then, but mostly it was business. You know, every time I came, it was about me. Yeah. You know, you know, let me see where you're at. You know, I, you know, he was about my playing. You know, he didn't, he was never, he never really talked about himself. He told me once he was, he got a ticket. He was, at the time, this was years ago, I guess in the 60s, he was going to a rehearsal with Cecil and he had a snare drum with him. And he was, at that time, he smoked cigarettes and he put his cigarette out in the train station and the cop came over and gave him a ticket. I remember him telling me that story. <laughs> why, why that story stays with me, I don't know. But, um, but, he, but it, he didn't, he didn't talk about it too much. He was mainly about, you know, come on, Dan, look, you know, this is your lesson, you know. And but I did get to see many things because Andrew would invite me to so many things. He had a workshop that he did with Milford Graves. Wow. And uh, I forget where it was. And, you know, a bunch of Milford students were there, a bunch of Andrew students were there. And remember the great dancer and vocalist Jean Lee? Sure. Yeah, so she was there, and she had her young uh, dance students there, and it was just this great workshop. So I got to hang out with Milford Graves and Andrew Cyril at the same afternoon, you know, and I'll never forget it. They were uh, they were playing this, this groove. It was kind of like an African thing, and Milford gave me a bell. He says, you know, play the cowbell. But it was, it was like an African bell. It wasn't like something that you buy at Guitar Center. It was like a really beautiful bell. So I'm playing, and it goes, no, 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 like this. I swear, Mitch, it was the fastest cowbell pattern I've ever seen. And it just kept going. I was like, this guy's got magic hands. <laughs> I was like, um, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. You know, <laughs> I took, I just started playing quarter notes, but, but he, I just remember that he was like, you know, do it this way. It's just nuts. I was just like, just totally blew my mind. And people can go here. Uh, Milford and Andrew if you go pick up uh, the recording it's probably out of print I don't think it's ever been released on CD but go find the LP Dialogue of the Drums yeah. Andrew Cyril with Milford Graves classic yes 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 well this uh, recording we are deep in from the KCR archives I think might uh, merit that description as well and the quartet once again Cecil Taylor piano Jimmy Lyons, alto saxophone, Sam Rivers, tenor saxophone, Andrew Cyril playing the drums. We are in Berlin, West Berlin, I should say, I guess, right? 1969, November of 69 at the Philharmonia. And um, great thanks to the uh, RBB radio for um, making this recording. And they did a fine, fine job with it, I would say. Yeah, it's great quality. So um, the band did not break this is one continual set but uh, danny and i are trying to choose opportune moments to uh, pop in because i, I want to hear what danny's got to say about this as well so uh daniel sadownick my guest it's deep focus on mitch goldman it's wkcr music from cecil taylor with andrew sorrell Thank you. 
side chat going between the high notes on the piano and the flute of Sam Rivers. That's, uh, well, let me tell you, you're listening to WKCR-FM New York, WKCR-HD1, WKCR.org perhaps, 89.9 FM. We call the show Deep Focus. I'm your host, Mitch Goldman. Invite a guest into the studio. Daniel Sedownick is with us tonight, and he's bringing our attention to the magnificent Andrew Sorrell, who is driving this fantastic recording, this live recording we have of Cecil Taylor in Berlin, November 1969, with Sam Rivers and Jimmy Lyons on alto sax, Sam Rivers there on flute. You heard him on tenor saxophone earlier. And uh, one other instrument that he brought to bear just a few moments ago. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sam liked to vocalize a lot, especially when he was playing flute. So um, he's been, you know, over the years that I've heard uh, recordings of Sam with, you know, his own bands, and especially with Barry Alchel and Dave Holland, and one of my favorites is uh, Conference of the Birds, yes, which includes that band plus Anthony Braxton. So, uh, a little Sam, bit of overlap there in a sense. Yeah. So I mean, you, we were talking about this while the music was playing that Sam was just a total package because he also a great pianist as well. So, yeah, I think this is a uh, this period, this particular tour is a landmark for fans of Cecil Taylor, who. Uh, that just that extra level of of uh, energy and uh, and thought and uh, imagination and that Sam Rivers brings here is uh, sort of a one of many landmark moments in Cecil Taylor's recording history, performing history, and his work with Andrew Cyril went on for quite a number of years. Yeah, I mean, Andrew was part of, he was with Cecil for over 15 years. I think so, Pretty yeah. much, yeah. Yeah. Um, one great memory I have of Andrew, when I was studying with him, Andrew was also very involved in the community, you know? And I remember, I don't know how it happened or... I remember he came to where I lived in the Bronx, Co-op City. Yeah. And he gave like a three-day workshop. Wow. Wow. You know, and I was, uh, my best friend at the time, Rob, was there. Uh, This other drummer, um, I think it was Luciana Padmore, who's a great drummer, you know, now. But uh, she was a, a young person then. She was there and... And then Ronnie Sharrick was there, the person who... It's Deep Focus. I'm your host, Mitch Goldman. We're listening to a program recorded May 1st, 2023. As you heard, Daniel Sedanik, my guest, Andrew Cyril, our topic. And I want to thank all of you who have subscribed to Deep Focus. And whether you found us on the hosting site at mitchgoldman.podbean. Dot com or maybe on Apple Podcasts or Google or any of the other platforms. We're on a bunch of them. And you guys make a big difference to us when we get more traffic and support from you in that way. Helps more people find the show. I'm not making any money from this, right? Um, there's no no fee, no ads, no nothing. So, uh, But we do want to reach as many people as we can. And you folks who subscribed, and you people who liked us and gave us five stars and all that, it makes a world of difference. So uh, if you don't mind putting a little something in the cup, we really will appreciate it. And yes, you can find us at mitchgoldman.podbean.com or your favorite podcasting app. This show just gets better and better as the night goes on. That was part one. There's three parts. I'll see you over at part two.